Hello, and welcome back to Sneak Review. This episode's a bit late, so as usual on Sneak Review, we take a time machine into the future, and we review a movie that nobody else could have seen. I assure you, this podcast was recorded before Rogue One, and there are no actual spoilers in it. Thank you, and enjoy! Our next episode, The Great Wall, will be out in a couple days. Hello and welcome to the show. Surprise start. We are back, guys. This it has been quite a hiatus this time. But we're back with episode twenty. Whoa. But I think there's like some question marks in there and uh some of those are not released yet because I haven't (laughs) edited them. Uh there may be one sitting on my hard drive completely edited that I just have not updated yet. Press the button. Yeah. (laughs) So we're back, episode 20, and we have our first-time guest, Adam Robinson. Hello. <laughs> he is here. So, Adam, uh, what's your history with talking into microphones? Uh, it's, it's pretty limited, okay. to be honest, um, beyond sort of the odd but you're drinking a... karaoke moment. <laughs> okay. Oh. So... I wouldn't even call that talking, really. Yeah, no, I would call that <laughs> talking uh, to rhythm. Yeah. Or something. Are you offering to sing for us today, or um, you need more? Depends of that? how much more of this ale uh, I managed to polish off. Probably not. Okay. Okay. Adam brought me a beer, so he is the best guest ever so far. That's very true. I'm right. I cut off the co-host's comment there. Sorry about that, Amanda. Uh, so yes, Amanda's back. I didn't say your name, but you're here too. You can, yeah. Amanda you. Pollard, <laughs> co-host, back once again. Today we're going to talk about the new Star Wars movie, Rogue One, which everybody knows is going to be okay, maybe. (laughs) This is what I'm calling the season finale of season one. (laughs) With that out of the way, we're going to talk about your Star Wars past, Adam. What? My Star Wars past. Yes. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) There's this movie universe called Star Wars. What is your history with this universe? Um, Well, I'm probably going to disappoint people here. But I don't have a huge history with Star Wars. I'm one of those people who kind of... um, Who are generally shunned in a lot of social situations, more than you'd think. Because I'm not... I'm just not wild about Star Wars. In general. I like Star Wars... But I think there's a level of depth that other people see okay. that I don't quite see. <laughs> okay. um, so Fair I kind of, you know, I've, I've, I've seen them all. I've seen, you know, obviously the original three and then the mildly racist, terrible ones that came after that. Oh, yeah. Those <clears throat> are pretty racist and terrible. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I guess the way I would kind of explain it is that I look upon it as a lot of a kind of camp fun, you know, like I think I think of it more as kind of like fun pantomime stuff. I don't see these kind of layers that a lot of people <laughs> see this sort of extended universe. OK, mm. this almost like Dostoevsky like depth <laughs> to it. Oh. I kind of think, oh, yeah, some some fun kind of slightly homoerotic dancing with lights and alien <laughs> stuff uh well i mean 
you know, you're entitled to your opinions. <laughs> I really um, am, but not. it's wrong. Uh, even though they're completely off base. And uh, just because you don't see depth doesn't mean there isn't depth. No, look at, at that all. Jaws poster. Just because you don't see the shark doesn't mean the shark isn't there. Stop it. Wow. Uh, that's the Star Wars metaphor. That's Stop why I put it. that poster up. Because I wanted this moment to happen. You wanted a callback. Yes. Okay. He's psyching me out. That, another controversial thing is for me that the most recent one is my favorite. Okay. Because it's basically the most accessible. Yes. Sort of, <clears throat> it's it's kind of a Star Wars, for obvious reasons, it was kind of made for a new generation. Yeah. Definitely. And I kind of, despite being 31 years old, consider myself part of that new generation. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have, you know, I don't have to watch it in context. Like, this is good for the 70s, you know, or whenever it was out. <laughs> yeah. I can be like, oh, this is kind of, this is for this generation this is new it should be accessible it's kind of dumbed down as well i have heard a lot of people say that the new one was their favorite or it was like definitely one of the top two or three for them so you're not alone in that right. definitely i guess i see what you mean it, it is much the way it looked is much like campier back then and stuff like that whereas now it's like actually good looking that they have CGI down as well as practical effects to a point where they can make it look really good. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not wild about CGI in general, but I, I think, yeah, with A New Hope, it's you, like with a lot of movies, you kind of occasionally have to put the context hat on mm-hmm. before you watch it. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, great, I'm going to watch Citizen Kane. This is <laughs> the best film ever. Yeah, maybe. For, yeah. When you watched it back then, right. it would have that level of impact. Now you have to watch it in kind of a scholarly way. Yeah, you're not going to get the same out of it as you would have then. And uh, and you hope was you know was great fun. It was constantly on TV when I was younger. Yeah, so I know that pretty well. And like I say, I I was like my reaction was this is fun rather than this is going to become sort of one mm. of the really consistent elements of my life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we've got your Star Wars past, Amanda. I think we've already talked about yours and mine at length at this point, mm-hmm. so we can kind of forgo that. We like it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Generally. But beyond yeah. that, though, surely. Um, well, yes, for me, uh, it was so much a part of my childhood that I I have a very hard time meeting people and remembering their names, but the <laughs> amount of... <laughs> Star Wars names I know and like things like I'm definitely of my friends probably one of the higher ups with Star Wars knowledge really which and I have a lot of friends with a lot of Star Wars knowledge yeah, so I know it's your like, friends yes. I know your friends so it's kind of uh yeah it's just burned in my brain kind of like uh when I became obsessed with Game of Thrones a few years ago like those kind of details are still burned in my brain even though I haven't read the books that much lately there's certain series that just really stick with me. And for some reason, Star Wars as a kid completely was the one. I mean, Aliens was too. I love Aliens, but mm. it's not quite an expansive universe with like millions of characters. There's an like awful lot less to remember. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, there's Xenomorphs and Marine <laughs> guys. That's it. <laughs> Amanda, it was... Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as childhood goes, like I grew up with it always on TV, I think... I think we had all three of them recorded off TV, you know, before we actually got the DVDs, it was just like recorded straight off of, do you have the old commercials in between? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. So I just, they were just always on the the bookshelf in the house. And, and then when I became, 
I always watched it as a kid, but then, you know, growing interest and stuff, I bought him for my father. He was always like the big, my mother can't follow it for shit, which I mean, I'm a perfect blend of my father and my mother because I'm obsessed with it. But unlike Chris, like I cannot remember a goddamn name. So it's always, you know, the guy with the orange and he has the ice and yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, the like guy I with never... the British accent. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Which one? Right, right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, as far as retaining bits and pieces like that, I can't, but yeah, I just, I enjoyed the series anyway, so. And you also have the controversial favorite Star Wars movie. Which one is it? Empire? That wasn't your favorite Return of the Jedi? You always said, I think last time you said your favorite Star Wars was Return of the Jedi. Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> and I, and I think well, that's controversial because yeah, people, some people say that movie is shit. I just, think it's still just to sell good. toys. Yeah, but mm. it was. I mean, for for a girl growing up, like the Ewoks, <laughs> it was like over. You can't I was say like, for a girl, just like for a human. I mean, I was for a human, human too. Yeah, yeah but with the Ewoks, was there some sort of? Yeah, I was going to say, was there some sort of anti-feminist statement in those little bear creatures? Or? <laughs> i don't think so i don't know it's just it was just like a small fuzzy thing and and then like princess leia was sort of i mean she was kind of badass throughout the whole series but yeah in that movie in particular like she stands out to me and i don't know just i am um, like the forest I, and the i actually cruisers. had an ewok yeah yeah uh, i oddly had quite a lot of star wars toys okay like from the time sure yeah that would probably be worth something now but um and this is probably going to give a few people a heart attack as well i i think i just sort of one day in a kind of sadistic way just buried them in my garden (laughs) along with along with the rest of my childhood i never want to see you again that's like burying money in your backyard that you gotta take it it is it is i also buried um a like original tunnel rat gi joe character oh okay um and, and, it, and for us, I would bear in mind I'm from a different nation, in case anyone hasn't noticed. And we had... <laughs> no, what? We didn't have the original... You had a different kind of G.I. Joe toy over here. Okay. And I somehow managed to get hold of the American toy. Oh. And when, when I was younger, this is the, you know, Saved by the Bell years. If you had the American version of anything, you know, that was like 75 cool points. Oh, cool. Um, All right, yeah. So, yeah, but um, I buried him as well. Yeah. Wow. Just Not... hate America. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was American hate. Enough wow. to move here. Yeah, we haven't addressed that. You are from a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, um, yeah. Is that correct? I, am. I think I'm from a galaxy where they filmed a lot of the Star Wars movies. Yes, right? at uh, Pinewood Studios. Pinewood Studios, yeah. Which... See, like, why is that in my head? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, wow. It's very impressive. Today's my birthday. It's off. Who are you? I'm the motherfucker that found this place, sir. So now we're doing the Chastcast, the Jessica Chastain-related podcast. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of Chastain news, guys, since our last episode. So much. I sort of scanned just to put out feelers to see if there was any, and I didn't really find any. Right now, yeah. Really? Hollywood's on fire with Chastain. What? Are you kidding Tell me? Tell me. Uh, Miss Sloan just came out recently. I've heard that looks cool on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really seen any trailers or anything. But oh. I'll see it because Jessica Chastain's in it. Oh. They just announced Painkiller Jane. She's in that. That's like, I think, a video game adaptation to movie. I don't know. She's in it. I'll see it. 
the Zookeeper's <laughs> Wife. I don't know. Is that related to that Kevin James movie? These are like made up titles. Yeah. Of movies. No, that no, that's based off a book, The Zookeeper's Wife. Isn't that oh, the yeah. Time Traveler's Wife? That is the prequel. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, uh, prequel, but it's technically a sequel because of the time machine. It's really confusing. Uh, no, I don't know. It's some book by some person, but she's. In I it. totally believed you for a second. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, they just—it's a different occupation. I'm so angry. I smashed I my keyboard. Sorry, uh, I won't She's question. in the Division movie they announced, which is funny because this game, The Division, came out in March, and by now it's very much not popular at all anymore. But they like already have been making a movie and stuff, so there's just going to be a movie in like next year or two years from now with her and Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Uh, anyways, hmm. it's a terrorist movie, so they probably just figure... Terrorism. Is well, really, that's, that's so hot. It's right fashionable now, now yeah. It's yeah. so hot right now. It's so in. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorism's so in. And I don't know why I wrote this down last night, but watching her act is like watching a Chester class in acting. <laughs> So what are your opinions on Jessica Chastain? Do you know uh, who she is? Yes, I do. I Thank do. God. This She's... would have been useless. Yeah, because both of you looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how do you not know that Jessica Chastain <laughs> is in all of these things? Yeah. So he clearly knows. Go She's ahead. the kind of quite states person-like um, handsome ginger lady, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. From Zero Duck. Yeah, Zero Duck 30. Yeah. Huntsman Winter's War. No, I'm okay. a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. I okay. think she's great. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty was controversial, but I thought it was pretty tremendous, especially I, her I performance. I thought it was very good. Yeah, because I didn't expect much, but very good movie. I no, thought. she was great. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm interested in Miss Sloan. It looks like mm-hmm. a kind of sexy political powerhouse kind of thing. And yeah. she's obviously going to... I mean, it could be awful, but you know, I think she can carry. she could carry some dead weight. Yeah, yeah. Because even Interstellar, which I, I was not that much of a fan of, I thought mm. that she did well enough that I would watch it. Like, I, I kept going, even though it kept going. <laughs> Basically, it just kept going and it got really weird. She struck me in, as the person in that film, the only person who didn't just play themselves as a, yeah. as a, you know, that thing that you get with Matt Damon and and even occasionally Michael Caine uh, is oh, I'm watching Michael Caine on the television yeah. rather than I'm watching this character. You're like, that's fine. They're very good at being a movie star more so than an actor. Yeah. Whereas I think she kind of embodies roles. Yes, use, I uh, agree. I agree. This is yeah. one of the of best, most substantial <laughs> chess casts ever. Yeah. I'm so happy right let's now. Get, let's get, 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 get he never gets anything from me. I'm like, spin yeah, off? I've seen. Yeah, I'll do a chess cast spin off. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is what I've been waiting for, actually. Yeah. So, be guys. Careful. You're going to become a co host. You need to be careful. News. 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 News fast, news furious, guys. We're going to talk news. some fast and furious news here. There is some. There's a lot. No. Um, so we all know that the Fast and the Furious 8 is going to take place in New York. We all know that. We all that. know that. Because <laughs> they're bringing it back to its roots. It actually was uh, the original movie was created based off of real racers outside of New York, apparently. So they're trying to bring it back, back to its roots. Mm. Right. They... Today are releasing the trailer. Tonight, I believe. They're gonna release the official trailer for the eighth movie. Shut the front that door. I, I might, because <laughs> it is exciting news. Because <laughs> it's cold out. <laughs> and so last night they announced the name of this movie, which is a little So disappointing. Yeah. We could guess. It, okay, could Adam. Guess? Well, I know it. She knows you know it. it. I know so it. So Adam, you have to guess. I didn't have a game this episode, you just made a game. Did I wow. say that we got it? 
So, okay. uh, yeah, I'd like That's you to guess. Because it's, it's often just beyond, to- apart from Tokyo Drift, it's essentially just numbers. This is different, though. They, oh, is it? They, yeah, they, they veered. I will give you the hint that Furious is in the title somewhere, though. Right. Because usually what they do is just kind of change the grammar of the... Right. Yes. Too right. Fast, Too Furious. Like fast yeah. and Furious. Yeah. Yeah, Fast and Furious. Fast 6. Furious 7. Fast 5. Fast Fast, fast and Furious, sir? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got no idea. <laughs> That's a great guess. Uh, no, it is... The fate of the furious, Ooh. <laughs> which it, it's controversial because Amanda is our title expert on the show. She makes titles for movies, mm. and she already has come up with some better ones. So much better, yeah. and what it was, makes me furious. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, I had originally put forth that it should be Forever Furious. Forever Furious is a better title. Yeah, than fate just of the because furious. I feel like. Well, I don't want to say that they're going to end it pretty soon, but I feel like it's coming to sort of a close. Don't ever say that. Or a bottleneck. Let's say a bottleneck. Um, I don't want to jinx it, though, because I want to go on forever. Um, You know you owe me a 10-second car, right? You owe me a 10-second car for saying that. You do not say the Fast and Furious is going to cancel. so many 10-second cars. But yeah, Forever Furious, I feel like, is a good... I think... It's, it's weird that they the neglect horizon. the fast, though. Yeah. What I about know. the fast? I know the fa- fast. Well, five now they're was... just angry. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did kind of skirt off and ignore some of the fast elements, didn't they? Mm. At times, and mm-hmm. just kind of concentrate on the. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 uh, no. Um, pun intended. Ludicrous ah. <laughs> uh, uh. aspects of it. You can always make I'll go, that. I'll pun. get my coat. <laughs> you can always make that pun around here. We also said Fast Slash Furious, which is a better title also because that's a more edgy, modern Fast Slash Furious Like thing. you can't, it's so fast you can't even take the time to say and the. Yeah, it would yeah. just be called like Fast Furious, but on this thing it would have a slash. And it even has like an angle to it yeah. as though the words were going fast. A car right. would drive along the slash like it's a road. It has right. to go fast to stripes. <laughs> yes, exactly. It could just be emoticons and you can't even say it. <laughs> it's just movie like, is, uh, you can have to look it up it's like a, a <laughs> wheel with smoke coming out behind it yeah. and like a little car emoji <laughs> a smiley face with sunglasses yeah. that's such a great idea oh god we, we can really come up with something here they guys. really need to contact us yeah i vin vinny d if you're out there give us a call please he knows, i don't he's got think... something on everyone in in hollywood i think vin diesel oh yeah well i just I, otherwise how why how does he exist he, That's a great question. I believe in recent <laughs> years he has taken more of a production role in movies. But when he originally started, he was like very he was a very good actor at Wait, wait, come on. At first. <laughs> at being he kinda, Vin Diesel. Did you see Yes, at being Vin Diesel. <laughs> but he's he there's some iconic roles that he is so good at, but then I think just as it it's going on, now he's involved in the production because he has made some money in the past mm. so he could kind of do whatever he wants and he basically even though he didn't want to do sequels, now he's kind of just doing all these sequels because he knows that's where the money is. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think at first, like Saving Private Ryan and uh, Boy- oh God, he was in that wasn't Boiler he? Room, even um, and the uh, uh, Pitch Black. Even though it's like a dumb sci-fi movie, he is a very iconic role in that. He just strikes me as kind of looking really tired every time he does a role. He's so he just doesn't put anything into his lines. He's just I, sort of like. Oh. I think it's a very sort of 
calculated toughness that can be misread as like super tired really? it's just like a cool casual i don't care but i could blow up on you sort of tough yeah. guy role right. um but that's just my analysis yeah we're we're a diesel apologist here yeah, uh, we really like uh, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair enough so i think we're gonna watch the rogue one trailer now so we will be back what do you guys think uh amanda you could start this one off what oh, are yeah? your thoughts um the woman in white, Mala, um, Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Mothma. Yeah. Thank you for the name. Uh, looking fierce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they picked a great actress for her. Like one of three then, women in the original, um, in the original three. Uh, she, yeah, I'm excited that she's back. However, um, the entire story looks fun. Um, yeah, I, it's so funny. They get these really specific looking actors to play in the same role. Like the teacher or the father kind of always looks like a Qui-Gon Jinn or like a, like the bearded sort of scraggly type. And then, <laughs> and then the generals all look the same. And the, it's just so weird how they cast all of it. But I mean, that's how you, I don't know. It's easily identifiable, I guess, but it looks like a star Wars story. It, so it, that's it good. Really is. <laughs> and I, I think, um, like you were saying that they cast in specific roles, but like even casting the same character, but in the past, like uh, with Mon Mothma and oh, they did also a great job, the yeah. bad guy, um, Grand Moff Tarkin, they, they like have a guy that looks like the guy from the first A New Hope. Yeah. Um, so Adam, you did not realize that this was a <laughs> pre A New Hope story. I was completely clueless. Um, I'm glad, to be honest, because I thought... If it was a sideline to kind of the current, um, you know, the the new ones, basically, that I thought the casting was odd, that they've just sort of chose specifically another quite posh, petite, brunette, English lady. Oh, okay. (laughs) So this, you know, I'm showing, I'm I'm revealing a lot about my ignorance here, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking, you know, that's strange casting just to cast someone sort of more or less exactly mm-hmm. the same. Um, so I'm going to go wild and think there might be some sort of connection there. Oh, uh, I mean, mother quite possible or something. Quite possible. I, I didn't even cross my mind at all. Really? But that's a good, uh, good thought. Mm. Yeah, uh, they're more or less the same human being, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like feisty, posh, yeah. young English girl mm. with okay. brown hair. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it's good that it comes before a New Hope because that's the one that you most identify with. So you'll be able to yeah, I might step be able right to make in. some connections. I didn't realize they were going to do that though because I will be confused now that every other film I see is bookends essentially yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, which is you know I'm just going to have to do my do my homework I guess. But the on the whole I I like the look of it. Yeah. It's mm. got like that kind of scrappy sort of cuban revolution <laughs> look to it yeah it's a look, bit rough around the edges uh which is pretty exciting yeah yeah the rebellion part of it uh is what really appealed to me it just looked like it, it's like actually showing the guerrilla warfare style that they would probably use whereas i feel like in the old ones you kind of they're working out of a secret base so you understand that they're like guerrilla attacks but you only see one or two so it's not even anything whereas in this it seems like you're actually seeing the war effort which uh, yeah i think that's a really cool idea yeah. personally yeah. yeah and the it seemed like a lot of battles in there maybe that's just they 
they put all of the battle stuff in because of the trailers. But it it seemed like there's a lot of special effects, like star destroyers above towns and everything, and people blowing up stormtroopers and ATATs, ATSTs. Oh no, you know I'm gonna go through the cast list a little bit because I realize I did not do that. Yeah. This movie is directed by Gareth Edwards, who did the last Godzilla movie. Okay, cool. Um, he he did monsters as well, right? Yes, he did monsters, Godzilla. Yeah, Rogue monsters One. is um, that's got a big kind of cult following, hasn't it? I, I haven't seen it myself, but I know. Yeah, a, a lot of friends really, really rate that movie. It's written by the guy who wrote About a Boy and The Golden Compass and Ants. Ooh, The Golden Compass. Uh, oh, boy. Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy, who wrote The Bourne Ultimatum, The Bourne, uh, The Bournes. He wrote The Bournes. The Bournes. <laughs> um, and yeah, the story's by uh, John Knoll and yeah, a bunch of people. But they, they wrote some other movies, I guess. You know, they did things. But then we got Felicity Jones. Alan Tudyk plays the robot. Which Come is, again? Uh, Alan Tudyk. Alan, okay. From uh, Firefly. Tudyk. Yeah. That guy. That's literally his name. Yes. <laughs> but it's spelled like okay. that. Okay. Uh, All right. D- Donnie Yen plays Chirrut Imwe. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Wow. Uh, Diego Luna plays Cassian. I am, should we put in a disclaimer for <laughs> any e- ethnic names here? <laughs> I am not sure about Diego Luna. I, what is he? I know him from a lot of other movies. <clears throat> Milk? The Terminal Elysium. And I have never seen him in like an action. Oh, he was in. I think he's the bad guy in Elysium, right? Isn't he the guy in the? No, no, he's not. No, he must be some other guy in Elysium. What movies do you know him from? Um, really girly ones. Yeah, he strikes me <laughs> as kind of. Yeah, he's a sexy he, man. He was in most famously Itumama Tambien, oh, which yeah. is like a little sort of. That's him. Drama. Yeah. Oof. So he's oh. like the skinny, scrawny sort of. Um, I forget where he's originally from, but he, like, I don't know. I saw him in the Dirty Dancing prequel. I saw, like, all of these, like, really dramatic sort of romantic roles. And then to see him in a Star Wars movie where he's sort of like a Poe or like a like a Han Solo idea. I'm just not buying it. And it makes me a little nervous, but I'm really okay with Felicity Jones. So I'm hoping that... She just kind of like walks all over him. Yeah, she she looks as far as acting goes. <laughs> when Jiang's in this, uh, Ben Mendelssohn, Forrest Whitaker looks. Forrest Whitaker looks absolutely awesome. insane. Yeah, uh, Riz Ahmed, who is uh, from uh, the Night of, he was like the main character in that that's, HBO show. That's the kid that you thought looked like um, the one. Oh, from he the does. 100. His lower, the lower half of his face looks just like the kid from the so hundred. So handsome. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen's in it as. Uh, Right. You heard the, Always the father. A good thing. Yeah, Jimmy Smith is in this as Bail Organa, uh, Leia's adopted father, I guess he would be. Oh boy. He's back from the prequels. They're bringing prequel people in. James Earl Jones, of course, is back as Darth Vader. I know someone related to James Earl Jones. No. Do you think uh, yeah. you could get him on the Apparently, show? You know, <laughs> royalty, my friend. Right. I'm going to put a disclaimer saying my close friend who isn't generally a liar might have been bullshitting his entire life <laughs> i have a feeling his godfather or uncle or relatively close relative was james earl jones or the guy in the suit <laughs> so he might have just been the guy oh david prowse 
That might be it, yeah. Rather okay. than the actual substance of okay. the role, yeah. you might have just been the guy with arms and legs. Okay, okay. Um, so he, he said, I'm related yeah. to Darth Vader, but you like didn't know what part you of know, Darth Vader. You know, like, you make that. Is it the black one or the white one? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I Right, so James Earl Jones is black then. See, this is my, this is what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're just realizing this yeah just, i have no idea no. yes he is right there we are um <laughs> that's embarrassing but so it was definitely just the guy walking around in the suit yeah i mean but david prowse is oh it's that guy holy shit <laughs> there's so i can just hear like nerdy groans across the united states of america oh, oh yeah. it's mufasa man shut the up cnn guy wait a second <laughs> To move faster as well. Yes. yes. <laughs> we didn't have James Earl Jones in England and when I was And he's the Bell Atlantic guy. Oh, we did. Oh, my God. He's just done so many this things. Oh, that CNN. might not be a British. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, so it was the it was the guy in the suit. Okay, David Pratt. <laughs> All right. Who also famously was the Green Cross Code guy in Britain. Um, as in, like, the old kind of commercial for how to cross a road like stop look and listen yeah that was the same guy um yeah you know the less significant of the two (laughs) (laughs) could have been anyone visually i wish you hadn't come on this show so we didn't ruin that for you i I wish in your head you're still like (laughs) so john how i mean i'm pretty sure you yeah that doesn't make any sense you're like the whitest guy now oh well oh that's awesome we learned something new today this is an exclusive on the show guys (laughs) so um i believe we should uh you should crack that beer open in the time machine when we go into the future it's gonna go all over the place buckle up buttercup yeah so it's about to get real so just make sure you don't touch that handle right there. See that handle? Uh, just the handle. Don't. We are back from the future. Adam, how was your first time time traveling? I assume this was your first time time traveling. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was a bit... I had to spend a bit of time on the toilet afterwards, but it was... Yeah, that's yeah. right. No one's talked about that yet, but I noticed that every episode... I'm, I'm upfront about things. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm glad, because it, it hurts. You looked real green, yeah. Yeah, no, I got... Yeah, that way, it wasn't, I don't know, sort of like a mild hangover, but, uh. but I feel good. So we've seen it now, guys, and I don't know about you guys, but that definitely was very Star Wars. It was definitely a movie. So spacey. <laughs> Very spacey. It's spacey, Star Warsy, and movieish. <laughs> Cut to bullshit, guys. I really liked Rogue One. I thought this was very good. Everybody that was in this movie, in a role that we've already seen before, uh, like a different actor playing somebody else. Everybody like nailed it. Uh, Mon Mothma from the trailer, she was great, and she was also in the movie a bit more. This is the most screen time Mon Mothma's ever received in oh, a Star it's Wars film. Beautiful, yeah. She's the redhead lady from Return of the Jedi, Adam. Yes, if you she don't is. know who she no, was. No, of course I know yeah. that. Definitely know that. <laughs> yes, well, she tells them that uh, a woman tends to stand out in the original yeah. three. I, I thought in this one she's on the screen more, but the actress who played her was great. She showed the same like passion about defeating the Empire as she does in the later movies. Bail Organa, I was a little nervous about. Uh, Jimmy Smith's that actor that was in like Dexter and stuff. And I was a little nervous about him because he is from the prequels and he was just kind of a senator in the prequels who was just there. 
and so I was a little nervous about him being in this, but he was very minimal, which I liked. They barely showed him in. It was kind of more Easter eggy, like, oh, look, it's Leia's, uh, like, adopted father, whatever you would call that. It's kind of like Leia's Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we'll get biblical about it. Sure. Yeah, yeah but I, Star <laughs> Wars is biblical, so you're right. Yes, it is. It is that deep. Apparently. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, how many books of the Bible are there? Less than there are Star Wars books. That's, that's what I'm sure. saying. Yeah. That's true. what I'm saying. More yeah. fleshed out than the Bible. And there, wasn't a, there wasn't a Bible Christmas special. Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah there was. Yeah, there was. That was a big one. <laughs> it, was, it was the did first it have, one. Did it have Wookiees in it? Because <laughs> it would have been better. Let's make a Bible Christmas special with Wookiees. But it's, it, I mean, it's entirely possible. I think, yeah. I liked this movie better than the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that outright. Oh, yeah. Rogue One Watch out. loads yeah. better. Controversial. Yeah. Um, I like it because you can't compare it to the episodes. Like, I can't say, oh, of the Star Wars movies, this is my third favorite because it has such a different feel. It's still Star Wars, but the revolution fighting type story makes it just feel like a completely side story. So I can't compare it to if I liked it better than Empire Strikes Back or anything like that, right. which, which I like that about it. Because at least because it's the first of the separate Star Wars movies, it's definitely like it's starting it off right, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I agree. The Frasier to Cheers. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you, which, you know, a lot of people prefer Frasier, don't they? So, uh, do, do they? Yes. Yeah, I think so. The to Cheers. Uh, but, yeah, as you were saying, um, the actors fit. They do a really good job with uh, fitting the look of the movie and bridging the gap between, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. Um using all the technology and the characters and just the whole look of it we're all sort of used to and um i don't know it's just it looks like it it fits but it is like you said a separate thing and i like that about it too yeah it looks a bit scrappier than kind of the polished new Mm. you know the other bookend as i like to call it yeah yeah it's yeah it's kind of scrappy and i like that kind of I like the kind of beardy revolution vibe. Yeah. I think that's the coolest thing about it is it's got like that kind of rough around the edges element to it that the others don't. There's a lot the others. Uh, the, my, an issue I sometimes have with Star Wars is everyone on the whole bar sort of recent stuff looks as if like they do their laundry all the time, even though they're like walking through deserts and stuff. Yeah. Like they, they always look very polished and this is really rough around the edges. Mm. It's kind of mm. quite gritty dirty yeah i like felicity jones because she's just sort of always great and she pulled it off really well as a leading lady Mm -hmm. and that bit with mustafa 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 mufasa (laughs) we could say mustafa (laughs) mufasa mustafa no i'm acting like i haven't seen the lion king I have seen, yeah, oh, no, but um, okay. James Earl Jones was good, wasn't he? he oh, yeah. Was, he yeah. was the voicey. His, so his voice. He, but he was, but just in case you guys don't know, he was the voice of Darth Vader. Oh. He wasn't in this one, in this one. I mean, oh, you know that about the last one, but in the new one. Oh, you know, okay. It wasn't the same situation, yeah. <laughs> so just, just in case you didn't know. And oh. he was also, he didn't play... The lion in the Lion King. He wasn't actually uh-huh. okay. He yeah, was he, Mustafa. He was just the voice in that as well. Oh, oh 
Yeah, but I've always known him for his physical performances. Why is he? It's weird, isn't it? Well, I actually had a mate who um, who was uh, was his was his great great grandson, <laughs> and uh, he was also a lion. <laughs> oh, that's so. That's why I was so confused weird. when I realised he just did the voice part. Yeah. So intriguing. Like, oh, but you look so alike. So <laughs> oh my god. It's an odd so one. liony. Yeah. <laughs> really strange. Yeah. Uh, that's the best. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. And uh, when we were watching it, you pointed out, Amanda, I, I like to point for the podcast yeah. listeners, mm-hmm. that B2SO, Alan Tudyk's character, he kind of, he like perfectly fits that time period because it's like kind of cross between a battle droid from the prequels, the shitty movies that we try to forget, and protocol droids like C-3PO or the medical droids and stuff like that. It's kind of like design wise, it looks like across mm-hmm. which is i think really cool that they managed to do the time thing perfectly yeah and they're also like all the empire stuff in in the force awakens it's uh modernized because it's in the future from return of the jedi but this stuff is all the technology from back then so you see all that old stuff again which mm-hmm. i i really like that yeah and i think i mean it is it is silly how deep some people can get into you know the whole universe and all the I, tech and the the characters and please and their stop backstories. pointing at me when you say that. I'm not pointing. At, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pointing at you a little. Um, it is sort of silly how deep they can dive, but then it also creates such a fuller experience when when people are working on the movie and they know offhand like this is what this droid looks like and it's a little it's a couple years in the future so this is the way the tech should have gone and like if you're that deep in that universe and already thinking like that for me visually because I'm you know whatever visual person like that just brings it so much more life and it just it looks more like a passion project than a, a an extension of a franchise for more money well that's that's kind of i you know that, that's kind of from the impression i get is that that is one of the good things about this whole kind of new sort of version of the whole uh franchise in the sense that they've purposefully got fans involved in the making of it and obviously this are always going to be controversial someone's always going to be pissed off about this or that yeah but when you look at other franchises that were revamped um you know to take something like transformers where you had you did have i mean it, it's not like star wars but you had diehard fans of that yeah and mm-hmm. they essentially just didn't have any consideration whatsoever for those people and just made what you know i think i heard someone once describe it as just it was essentially movies that just sound like someone throwing a washing machine down some stairs <laughs> like uh. just big giant kind of adverts and you know they have no consideration whatsoever for the diehard fans whereas yeah that's something that's quite admirable and i'm kind of envious of people like yourselves who do delve that deep into it i kind of wish i had that uh experience myself i just can't for the life of me do it whether i like it or not <laughs> but I do I do admire it because I think I would get an awful lot more out of it and noticing those little things when you guys saw the movie uh that uh yeah I kind of wish I had that experience because it would have been probably a bit more Well there's still time for you Adam There is yes yeah. <laughs> I I you can indulge. The sun hasn't set on you yet Nope uh, next time I have a horrible hangover I'll get heavily involved <laughs> in the universe I think that's your mistake I think maybe you need to watch it with a a nice Clear feeling. Temple. Yeah. <laughs> a nice feeling. Not well, like a feeling like you want to die. 
No, that's no, but but I think they kind of cheer you up though. These movies, that's oh, it. That's for sure, great about them. I mean, for sure. Except Empire Strikes Back, the darkest of the bunch. I think Rogue One, the humor perfectly nailed it. There, there was a little bit less humor than Force Awakens because it was such a like rebellious, big like underdog fight. So when it, it did come in, it was very well used. Whereas Force Awakens, I thought, kind of overdid it. Yeah, well, Force Awakens overdid it for basically me and people like me, I think. Uh, I think Oh, oh. If, it, if it was made on a sort of smaller budget, if Star Wars wasn't what it was and was kind of a niche, specifically cult thing, I don't think they would have necessarily um, sprinkled it with that kind of humor. Whereas I think it's for, for people like me that they did that. To get the, like, uh, uninitiated, like, Yeah, to make it more accessible and kind of, like... Because you can be born in the middle of Mongolia in a fucking cave and have never left, and you'll still know a few Star Wars references, whether (laughs) you like it or bloody not. (laughs) And um, so there's enough to go off in a new movie, and and I think they need to kind of throw some of those uh, kind of comedic elements in it, otherwise Mm. they might lose... The likes of me <laughs> that's true yeah. yeah and like kids and stuff yeah and yeah. also yeah people who are yeah Younger. kids who are new to it um who probably you know like i've got nephews who are obsessed with star wars and they're not as wild and you know what you when you're a kid you're an idiot aren't you children are idiots they, <laughs> they are like, dumb yes they just yeah yeah so they prefer you know the three awful ones and the um <laughs> clone wars and stuff like that yeah, they just don't know better yeah exactly so this is probably the newer ones are kind of accessible for this new generation that they want to get hooked on as yeah. well. And, and it's just a, in a cynical way to spend money, but also right. because it's a way of rebooting without starting from scratch and still pulling people in. It's, it's a, such a it's hard a balance good... to make. So I think anyone who's furious at these, these two recent ones, Rogue One and uh, the last one that they just, you know, come on, calm down. Yeah. Go they can't. Yeah. And they'll just get more angry if you tell them to calm down. But, that, but that's the point. <laughs> the balance <laughs> is so difficult. It's such a difficult yeah. balance. It is. And I think they've managed very well. Yeah, yeah. Same, same. No, see, like, I'm not the biggest fan of the, of Force Awakens, but I'm not, like, angry about it. Like, I'm not or writing J.J. Abrams and being like, ah, you ruined my life. Like, and, and I'm... You, you, you know, drafted I've... it, but you didn't send it. Yeah, I don't click send. <laughs> no. I think yeah. before I click send. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I liked as a whole that it was, and this is me because I'm a fan of ensembles, you know this, but it felt more like an ensemble movie than any of the other pieces of this franchise. Mm. And it makes sense for what's coming out now and what the audiences want to see with all the the superhero movies and teaming up and blah, 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 and the seeing lots of different characters' stories all at once. Um, so it makes sense in that aspect, but it also worked within the world. I'm just like completely amazed at how they made it, like even taking our interests now and what we want to see in a movie and inserting it into this world that was effectively made in the, in the seventies, you know, (laughs) like it, it still worked. And, uh, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I'd say I liked the kind of slightly darker ragtag element to it and, it was cool. To, yeah, it was cool to see kind of an ensemble in the revolutionaries that was in the spirit of kind of 
Political correctness, which is a good term. <laughs> Occasionally, some people think it's a bad term, but a good term in the sense that you've kind of got some, they veered away from some typical kind of stereotypes in, in terms like racial and gender. And you got like um, a lot of depth out of every character and you kind of got a, a good mm-hmm. sense of them and the whole idea of that fight. And yeah, it was cool. It was interesting. It's just one of those movies where, like, there's one person who is recruited to a team and then he's, like, meeting all the people, but it's her in this case. And she's, like, meeting the whole team. And so you kind of get a really good idea of who each person is. Mm. And it it always reminds – every time I think of, like, a team assembling and there's one new rookie, I always think of Team America with, like (laughs) – like, there's, like, the one guy who's, like, oh, this guy's the replacement. Like, yeah, it's, like, always like that. But that's what this movie was. There's some – there's, like, one character who doesn't really like her too much. But then, like, most – for the most part, everybody's on board. And you kind of get a feeling for who they are really quick. They all have their reasons for getting involved. And also staying along with the current thing that we want to see in the movie, which is like the strong female lead. And then you have like the mechanic and then you have like the sassy fighter. And then, you you know, it's just like it has all of those elements, but it still stays true to what Star Wars kind of is. Even Mads Mikkelsen, he's such a good actor, such a good role, but they didn't overuse him. Like, he's in this movie very little, yeah. but the times that you do see him, I felt like it was really important. Like, they weren't, like, cutting back to him and showing his story separately the whole time. It was all about her journey to get to him. So you kind of see him at the beginning and, and in flashbacks, and then you kind of see him at the end. I like that they didn't show him throughout the whole movie, because mm-hmm. I feel like it would have... Eventually, be like, okay, we get it. This guy's, you know, I don't want to get bored with Mads Mikkelsen. That's not something I want to do. No, never. They played it very, he played it kind of very straight, um, but subtle. And I think that's kind of what he does best. And, you know, I feel like they wanted to let you know about that character without sort of overwhelming you with his actual traits, if you know what I mean. It's the story that was important and he kind of carried that. Well, he can do he, he can do bloody anything he wants. Really. Yes, he's fantastic. So. He's definitely going to be one of the like big guys in movies if he's in a Star Wars movie now, and like with all the shit he's been in, yeah. And Doctor yeah. Strange, he's Marvel and Star Wars, like he's golden. Denmark can be proud. Denmark or other Scandinavian country <laughs> can be proud. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty you sure don't it's Denmark. Know which, oh, okay. I think it's Denmark. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We took a couple extra people on the time machine. What can I say? <laughs> I get an Italian accent for no reason. <laughs> just... So we have some of our previous guests have kind of, uh, they're not here in studio now, but they've called in to tell you what they thought of the movie or just, you know, their comments based on it. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So, yeah, I thought I like I like where these new films are going. I like the other one. I like this one a lot. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I don't know why they put Jar Binks in it, but... <sighs> I know that you know, there name. were a lot of odd cameos, ones I didn't see coming. And yeah, Jar Jar Binks was in it, but he was, you know, I'd say he was in the background. They they gave him a couple of lines, but you can kind of get over it once you realize that the ball face chin guy, he's also in it, and he's in the same scene. So all you can just do is look at the guy's balls on his chin. What are you going to do? It's, <laughs> it totally overruled oh, Jar Jar. Yeah, well, Jar Jar was basically just a baby in this because it was like 45 years ago, whatever the fuck. Uh, and, uh, you know, Darth Vader, I really didn't see that twist that they did, but, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but that was a big fucking twist. Yeah, there was a lot more time travel. You mentioned the young Jar Jar, even though this takes place after that series. <laughs> it was weird, especially here, like, 
The voice was annoying enough, let alone having baby Jar Jar. It actually seemed more racist. Matt and Martin did theirs together. Yeah, it was the time travel. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot right, how well, Jar heavy it was. <laughs> cat's hungry. <laughs> they put me through a voice changer to make sure that people couldn't tell who I was. But I think you all know who I am. Is that James Earl Jones? I'm going to be the yes. dissenting voice on this one. You see, I, I thought it was bad. awesome. The greatest movie ever made. Yes. You see, people think that for some reason they can hide behind bad reviews thinking bad reviews are their allies. But I was born into them, molded by them. I escaped them as a small boy. It's quite clear to me. Jin, whatever you are, I do it to protect you. Do you understand? <laughs> That's my best uh, Mads Michelson. It's a Mads Michelson Rogue. Rogue One. That is my best Nasir Khan from the Night of. Don't know his real name. Oh, yeah, I forgot that kid's name. (laughs) Save the Rebellion! Save the Dream! That's uh, my Forrest Whitaker. (laughs) (laughs) AKA General Grievous.5. General Grievous.5. I love that. Yeah, so that was was, uh, Amal, um, Bane, (laughs) Matt, and Martin. And let's see if I could get this one working. Just wow. Uh, Rogue One was phenomenal. The way it ties into Episode 4 at the end was just perfect. Um, the characters they created for this were awesome. The storytelling was awesome. And having characters that had small roles in the first movies, um, having bigger roles in this one was just awesome. Yeah, see, that, that, that's kind of... Eric It was the last one there. He kind of said the same thing we were saying about, like, Mon Mothma and uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, a more characters. conservative review, but mm-hmm. definitely... Mm-hmm. He's a conservative kind of guy. So. <laughs> well... But he did bring up a, a good point about the end of this movie was very... I, I was worried that when they over-nostalgia things, it... Like, for example, Skyfall, they did one too many... Like, oh, look, it's old James Bond things that made me a little not it's, as yeah, excited Spectre about that. Yeah, too as well. They kind of... Yeah, Spectre was really, yeah. Spectre was heavy nostalgia. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that <laughs> when they do too much nostalgia, I get really sad. So I was worried that in this, it was going to be like, you know, you, like you would see like the young skinny Jabba from like the special <laughs> edition, like about to go to the most Eisley. And he's like, oh, like she drops his pizza or something. I don't know. Like you're just going to see like what character walking by going to the first movie. And I thought that would be dumb. But they really did it so that at the end, they kind of they put the plans in the R2-D2 and sort of send it on the, the ship from the very beginning of episode four with Leia. So like it coming to Leia's possession, it was a very cool tie in in that way where it's just, you know, what's going to happen next. And it's like the very end of the movie. It's not like throughout the whole movie. They were like, Hey, yeah, they look! got that out of the way. I think with the, with the last movie, basically, I think they got that out of the way with that. All of the kind of tick, the nostalgia box. Yes. You know, press that particular part of right. sort of, you know, middle-aged person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, yeah. We, um, we talked about that when we talked about the movie on this podcast that it was it was a it was an olive branch to get everybody back on board everybody like had their fix of nostalgia and then we can all go into it together sort of idea so yeah just had like a funny thing i know earlier you said you didn't want any um sort of like rehashing of pod racing but i was it got me thinking Uh-oh. what if we fused Uh-oh. 
Fast and the Furious in pod racing? Like, what would you think? I mean, I'm on board. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Well, that, that's How is you imagine? It's bound to happen at some point. Yeah, I think so. I think we just need to throw that cast of characters into the, well... I want to end this episode as quick as possible so we could start writing that script. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> Let's do it. We need to finish this, but oh my God, that has really got me thinking in my head. Just You're like, welcome. Yeah, You're welcome. what's under the pod? Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's a pod racer. <laughs> Smoke them. Smoke them. It'd em. be cool. So guys, our rating today, uh, zero to four rogues. How many rogues do you give this movie? Adam? <laughs> uh, yeah, zero to four um i'll give it four being good oh, jesus four four very, that's an odd one because it's such a kind of that's a very um it's usually five isn't it well but if you do a zero <laughs> you gotta do a five i feel like uh, you gotta do a four oh, right. so then it's only confused. five okay yeah no that makes sense yeah i see the logic uh i'm gonna go 2.8 Ooh, a 2.8 rogues yeah. rogue 2.8 you know as someone who's not wild about the whole franchise it was accessible it was gritty it was fun but obviously, it's not going to kind of draw me in the way it will people like yourselves. Do you think you'll go back then for, like, the Han Solo one? And, I mean, episode eight, I'm sure you would if you liked episode seven. But Episode eight, I'm definitely going to get involved in. I'm really looking forward to that. Han Solo, less so. Mm. Um, you know, I've only got one life. Huh. <laughs> um, huh. And as someone who isn't, you know a huge fan that's not something i'm going to go you know that i'm going to be looking forward to but i i you know i'll certainly indulge in it when it comes out on dvd or whatever but uh, i'll episode eight uh you know that's a kind of easier path to follow that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, amanda um i'm gonna say a nice round three a three rows um yeah uh i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it um, for what it was as a standalone movie, for what it was to bridge, you know, the stories together, um, the characters, the design of it, the feel of it, the pace of it, it wasn't completely over my head, like so deep in the franchise that I, you know, it was hard to understand what was going on, but it wasn't completely surface either. It was really good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I think I would probably go three and a half because it very much because I wasn't because ex- it did, just the simple not having a number on it, not being episode whatever. Yeah, it just immediately like set my hopes low. Mm-hmm. So when I went to see it and it was actually really good, and as a huge Star Wars fan, it was like it like hit all the things I needed. Mm-hmm. W- when that happened, I, I I don't know. I really liked it better than a lot of the sh- movies we've done in this podcast. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Very good, I thought. Not having an episode number two takes a lot of the pressure off of it. Yeah, you know? and it doesn't have to feel exactly the same. It felt slightly different, even though it still had the Star Wars feel. It right. just felt slightly different. The pace of it, the tone, everything about it. Totally. And I think that's what was really cool to me. Yeah. Well, there's an element of, if you don't like this, don't worry. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's still it's on not path. an episode. No big deal. Right. Yeah. We just took a little turn. You might not have liked, but don't worry. We know where don't the worry. highway we're is. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Job is going to last. James Earl Jones, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll get it one day. One of, the, one of these will be James Earl Jones. Okay. So um, I think that's it for this uh, season of Sneak Review then. Uh, we are going to be back next season. Season two. 
And De- Adam, we're definitely going to have you back on the show at some point. Thank you very much. Preferably fun. something I have a degree of education about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I mean, just a film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, uh, totally. So the next episode is going to be on the Newcastle United Football Club um, 1996 to 97 season. Okay. DVD, right? Yeah. That's in England, yeah? Yeah. It's <laughs> sport from Britain. Yeah, as long as the time machine will go to England, that's okay. But I don't know, I can't set the clocks to different times, so it might it's get confusing. It's just the clock, it's not geography. It's, and it's yeah. specifically limited to red carpet premieres. Yeah, it only works at red carpet premieres. I'm so sorry, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately... <laughs> crushed. And this time, I can most certainly say... We will be back.